What's up, peeps? As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us on the AEW Insider. We got a nice size wrestling show today. It's the same thing I'm going to do on YouTube. I just got done shooting that video. After I'm done doing this podcast for you guys, it's going to take me a couple hours to edit it and get it up. So if you want to hear a couple little things different and see the pictures along with what I'm saying, definitely check us out. Check us out on all social media, Facebook and YouTube, the AEW Insider, plus on all podcasting platforms. And on Twitter, it's the AEW Insider number one. So let's get to a show. I was going to say this week's show, but I already seen you this week. Let's get to the show. Sorry. (laughs) Jake Hager had a second Bellator contest the other night, and it ended up in a no contest. He needed his opponent twice in the nuts by mistake, so they stopped the match. In appearance at the match were his inner circle, Posse, Sammy Guevara, and also LAX. And plus, WWE legend Dave Batista was in attendance. He took a pick with the AEW boys. The next day, Jack Hager took to Twitter, and this is what he had to say. Say what you will about last night, but I call BS. A guy would actually need a pair of balls for me to hurt them. He was too scared and didn't want to fight. Honestly, this is all just nuts. (laughs) So that's pretty funny. But I did see the video. It's on our social media, Twitter, Facebook. Check it out. Uh, He did hit the guy in the nuts, but it wasn't even that hard. And as soon as that guy's nuts got touched, you should have seen him overplaying it to get a reaction from the ref. He was definitely scared. We talked about AEW's ratings dropping for AEW and also NXT last week. Well, AEW is going to switch it up some. They had a squash match with LAX against some scrubs, and they noticed that it dropped 5%. So now they will have the squash match towards the end of a segment instead of kicking the segment off. AEW has just signed former Olympic boxer Anthony Agogo, and Cody has called for called him his their first developmental talent. Uh, the Anthony Agogo showed up at an independent event this weekend where MJF was there. They had an exchange in a ring, and Anthony did knock him out with one shot. MJF seen that he posted it, and he said it was a lucky shot on Twitter. La Champion, Chris Jericho, did an interview and talked about the whole NXT being minor league and Vince McMahon himself. This is what La Champion had to say. We're not at war with NXT. This is going to make people mad, and I'm not being an asshole, but NXT is still the minor league no matter how you slice it. Jericho did say that on a Wrestling Draft podcast. He said, those guys are still unknown performers. It's not a competition to us. I knew we win because we have more star power. When you look at it at the end of our first week of TV and who we put out there, we had Chris Jericho, we know him. Dustin Rhodes, we know him. John Moxley, we know him. He used to wrestle by another name, but we know who he is. Cody's out there. Pac is out there. You got Jack Swagger. Jim Ross is commenting. People are saying, I know that guy. They see Tony Schiavone and Justin Roberts. We know him. These are people who have done WrestleMania on RTV. On NXT, they have guys I've never heard of, and this is not cutting them down. They're great performers, but to a mainstream fan, they don't know Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, or Thomas Ciampa, not even the Velveteen Dream. He does have a point. 
He said, our competition is Raw and SmackDown. He said, like Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar, all of those guys. I think it was a stroke of genius by Vince to put NXT up against us because it took a focus off us going up against their main rosters. And he is definitely right about that. Some WWE news. Hulk Hogan got into a verbal altercation with a fan. He was at a lounge and a fan would not stop bugging him. Hogan told the guy to calm down and what have you. And then this is what he said. He said, you know what, brother? I got a right to have a few moments by myself. Let me tell you something, brother. The last time I had a Shirley Temple was when me and your wife got together. <laughs> I swear to God, quote unquote, that's exactly what he said. Check it out on our Twitter or our Facebook. The video's up there. Now, I have been covering the upcoming podcast show that WWE is putting out. Corey Graves is the host. It's called After the Bell. Well, they released some of the lineup of guests, and you can tell that they're taking the podcast seriously. They're going to have Triple H, Ric Flair, Seth Rollins, Bailey. The show's supposed to give us a closer, edgier look at their guest and the WWE. Corey Graves is teasing that he's going to ask Seth Rollins about Kenny Omega on the show. So I want to definitely hear that. I'm a big podcast fan, obviously. It's going to be good. A few days ago, Randy Orton teased jumping to AEW by taking a pic in front of a sign that said The Elite, and then he he wrote 2020 when his 10-year contract's up. Jericho, Cody, and a bunch of other people replied to him, and, you know, like, hey, man, send us some videos. We'll give you a shot, jokingly. Uh, the Revival seen it, and they posted a pic of them and Orton together and saying that's what it should be, and it might be one day. Orton responded to them 2020. Now, people think this is a bargaining chip by Orton, but is it or isn't it? I mean, is he doing it to hold out more money? It has been released that literally on his lowest end, if he does pretty much nothing, no merch, no nothing, he gets $3 million a year, and he doesn't even have to work a lot of house shows like most people do. They, WWE is going to offer him a shitload more to stay but in the end to Orton is it about more money than you already fucking know what to do with or it is about you know going and doing some stuff and wrestling some people you want to do before it's too far in your career and you can't so we got to see what happens with Orton next year I thought that last night's episode of WWE, well, not last night's, I apologize. I write this during the week. I thought that Friday night's episode of WWE backstage after SmackDown was really good. Finn Balor made his appearance and they asked him about his heel turn. He pretty much said that the prince is back. And like I said, if you don't know or if you do know, Balor was the first member of Bullet Club. He was the first leader. He created Bullet Club. And in New Japan, he is called Prince Debit. He's a real rock and roller. So he's back now. So I cannot wait to see how bad he is and who the fuck he gets in his club for NXT. Bray Wyatt brought the Firefly Funhouse back on SmackDown. You knew they couldn't stop it. The alpha cry for the public was too much. Good news is that Ramblin' Rabbit was resurrected from the dead. But the bad news was is that minutes later, he was eaten by the vulture. So we got to see what happens with Ramblin'. Leo Rush, NXT's Cruiserweight Champion, has a hip-hop album that will be released on Monday, November the 11th. I'll just leave that right there for you peeps. It is rumored that Matt Seidel is coming back to WWE and using his old persona, Evan Bourne. 
It seems to be true because we know that WWE has been working hand in hand with Evolve, with their pay-per-views, what have you. Evan Bourne is scheduled to appear on their next pay-per-view under the name Evan Bourne. He wouldn't be able to use that unless him and WWE worked that out. Also, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, and others will be at that Evolve show. All right, peace. We got some more WWE news. We got some Impact news. I got some crazy, crazy news, some good CM Punk news, what have you. So definitely just uh, stay back, join us. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. We got to pay the bills. Remember, hit us up on some social media. You guys definitely show your love and views and listens, what have you, but nobody says shit to a brother. Hit a brother up and say what's up. All right, peace. We'll be back up right back to finish the show. All right, peeps, I'm back. Let's finish out the show. Remember to check us out on all social media, AEW Insider. Now, back to WWE news. It has been announced that on December the 5th, NXT will host its first all-women's pay-per-view. So we know that they did Evolution last year on the main roster. I liked it a lot, but it does not seem like they're doing it this year. But at least we get to see it on NXT, and NXT will be put on a bigger show. You already know. They have been saying that Edge will return at the Saudi Arabia show, but it's not true. He's filming a movie right now and is busy. But people close to him are saying that he is training like a maniac and he is scheduled for definitely a WrestleMania return. My daughter and I are stoked about the Rated R Superstars return, people. Cain Velasquez, Rey Mysterio, and Mysterio's son Dominic were brutally attacked on Friday Night Smackdown by the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. It was a great segment for me. Brock fucked him up old school. I dug it. Speaking of Kane, he has announced that he signed a three-year, multi-million dollar deal with WWE. So it seems that he will be sticking around. I don't know how I feel about that. But after Brock handed them their beating, Kane took to Twitter, and this is what he had to say. A second attack on the Familia is going to get you a sickened scar, Brock Lesnar. You remember how it hurt the first time. It looks like ex-NXT and WWE star Adam Rose is getting back to his old Leo Kruger roots. He said he retired from the sport not too long ago, but he made an appearance at an independent event last week, and holy fuck, he is built like a brick shithouse. He grew a beard, he hit the roids extra hard. I always liked Adam Rose. Him, Rich Swan, Enzo, I feel they all got fucked over pretty much by the WWE. Uh, what you call it. tons of people notice how good he looks and how big he is, including Fandango. They all been commenting online. And this is what Adam Rose had to reply. My weight gain has caused some interest. So let me explain. Before coming to WWE, I weighed 236 pounds. When I was performing as Leo Kruger, my weight was around 225. When I made the transition to Adam Rose, I was asked to refrain from weightlifting so the character would not look like a pro wrestler at all, and also to get as far away as the Kruger character I could as possible. My weight as Adam was around 201 pounds. Unfortunately, as everyone knows, while in WWE, I developed a drug addiction, which led to me losing my considerable weight and getting sick. At my worst, I weighed 176 pounds in the WWE. I was living on a smoothie a day and barely ate. 
After a long rehab stint, thanks to the WWE, I was able to clean up my life and get it back together. Currently, I do weigh 258 pounds and I feel good. I weight train religiously and I eat food again. Probably too much food, but I enjoy it, so I'm not going to stop. I'm happy and on a much better track. Thank you. I've always been a huge fan of Adam Rose, so I'm glad he's doing good, man. Luke Harper took to Instagram and posted a message to his longtime partner, Eric Rowan, since they were split up in a WWE draft. Here's what he had to say. Leave the memories alone, Larry. Until next time, Big Red. Eric Rowan deserves all the success that he achieves, and for some reason, no one is willing to give him the credit or believe in him. Well, I think he's made you all believers now. He never needed me, but somehow for the last eight years, we always found our way into each other's corners. I know he's going to tear it up on Monday Night Rowan. So let him talk, let him kill, and let him be happy. I cherish you as a friend, big man, despite the rough start. Ha ha. I'll see you down the road. So they could tell when they got put together, they got into some beef. And like I said on the YouTube show, uh, what you call it, Luke Harper is going to be out of WWE as soon as he gives them the time he owes for being injured in his contract. So. Uh, Eon Degar reported that they were eyeing John Cena for the title role of the cult video game hero, Duke Nukem. Well, it's not a rumor anymore. John Cena will play Duke Nukem in an upcoming live action film. Shorty G, a.k.a. Chad Gable, did an interview with Sports Illustrated, and they talked about Vince helping him adjust to his new persona, his fighting in a match in Crown Jewel, and more. Here's what Gable had to say. Vince is someone who has helped me a lot, said the former tag team champion. He started giving me ideas and explained why a lot of my serious ideas weren't working. I started to understand his vision, and now I'm off and running with this new character. I'm going to have a great time with it, and I can't wait to sink my teeth into it. They asked who the person on the current roster was that he wants to have a match with the most. He said, there are so many guys that I want to wrestle on a roster, but I've always looked to Daniel Bryan as my dream opponent. We have similarity in size and style, and I've always admired him and looked up to his style of wrestling. I would love to tear it up with him. And he was asked about his crown jewel match. This is going to be a special part of my career, this match. I always think about the battle royals at the big shows, and I've always been in those matches. It's an honor to be a part of these shows, but what I really wanted is a marquee match. I am grateful that I'm gaining some momentum in WWE, and they're putting their stamp of approval on me by making me a part of this show. It's a confirmation that I'm doing things right. WWE Crown Jewels Saudi Arabia will be on the WWE this uh, Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be working but watching. I will watch it after and then we'll talk to you peeps. NXT and ex-New Japan star Jordan Miles is living at WWE in a merchandising apartment. They made his first t-shirt. Now, if you know him, he's a, he's a black guy. I'm black and white myself, nothing against it. He's black guy, not really dark, dark, but kind of dark. He's got a big, big smile. When he smiles, it's huge. He looks like a Japanese anime character. He plays that up. Uh, what you call it? His t-shirt's all black. It's got these huge red lips, and it has these huge white teeth that spell out his name. He's calling them racist. He is fucking pissed. He's on social media tearing. He said the merch guy said it was like the Rolling Stones lips logo. He said, I call bullshit. I thought this was a story at first, but for the way it's going on, I don't think it is, peeps. And I want to see how this is going to go down. On to some impact wrestling. 
Uh, Impact is definitely trying to keep their stars from signing anywhere else. They offered a few people on the roster pay raises to keep them happy. Some people who got raises are the tag team champions, The North, also X-Division champion Ace Austin. They hooked up the Radicals and Jessica Havoc, plus some lower and mid-card talents. It was reported that one wrestler broke into tears when they told them they were going to get raises. My dog Sammy Callahan gave an interview to Sports Kita, and they asked him a bunch of questions. This is what the should-be Impact Champion of the World had to say. He was asked about Jim Cornette. How about we not talk about Jim Cornette? Because that's how we keep him relevant. He knows what he's doing. He's trying to book his wagon, to hook his wagon to wherever is relevant, prof- whatever professional wrestler is relevant at the time. So at the end of the day, Jim Cornette can kiss my ass. Very smart worker, but he can kiss my ass. And how about we don't talk about him? He was also asked about the Impact Wrestling roster. I think it's great. I think that Impact Wrestling is a true buffet of professional wrestling right now. You have legends and -and up-and-comers. You have the stars of the future and some of the best current wrestling stars on the entire planet. Right now, the Impact roster, I would put it up against any other roster on the planet. You also got guys like RVD, Rhino, Tommy Dreamer that are up top and doing these old school things. They're huge legends that people still love to see. On the other hand, you have people like the Rascals, people like Ace Austin that are absolutely killing it. And they're being revolutionary in the business. And one day they're going to go down to be some of the biggest legends of professional wrestling. And asked about women wrestling men on the roster. He said, me and Taya Valkyrie's match from Lucha Underground doesn't get the press for how good it was. It's right up there with my matches with Tessa Blanchard. I think pretty much all the women in the locker room could step up and have matches with any of these guys. Because at this point, I don't believe that in 219, if you want to be equal, it's not intergender wrestling anymore. It's just professional wrestlers. They had women like Jessica Havoc, Jordan Grace, Rosemary, Tennille Dashwood, and they have one of the best women's division in all professional wrestling right now. I agree with the draw 120%. Real quick, we'll wrap up the show some CM Punk news. CM Punk did a sit-down with GQ Magazine. They had him watch videos of wrestling movies, and he gave his opinion about how real it was, you know what I mean, what have you. They showed him, like, Ready to Rumble, the movie The Wrestler, Fighting With My Family. It was a really, really good video, and it's on our social media, so check it out. And maybe the reason why CM Punk deal has not gone through with the WWE is because of what he's asking for. He actually came out and named his price. He said, I want $25 million to return. $22-25 million in cash and or stocks. He knows that those guys are paid for one Saudi Arabia show. People getting 7 10 15 $20 million for that show. He says, I'm not doing one match. I'm going back long term. So let's hope they agree with something with Punk for real. And finally, I did watch CM Punk's new movie last night. His real name is Philip Brooks. He's the main star of a horror flick. It's called The Girl on the Third Floor. I didn't know what to expect. I was hoping it was good, and I liked it a lot. It was very well done. I like how it was shot. It flowed really well, and it was very fucked up. So please, check out CM Punk, a.k.a. Philip Brooks' new flick, The Girl on the Third Floor, peeps.
I will talk about it more on my movie show in a couple days. All right, peeps, that's it, man. I wanted to get this show to you. Now I got to get this up on YouTube. It's going to take a couple hours because editing is a bitch. But show us some love, please, on all our podcasting, YouTube and Facebook, the AEW Insider, and on Twitter, the AEW Insider 1 as a number one. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for the AEW Insider. Ciao, peeps.